0: is Slashers, a horror movie podcast brought to you by two goons with nothing better to do on whatever night we decided to record this week. My name is Jake, and with me as always is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Brian. Brian, say hello to the ever-growing mutant goons from beyond.
1: Hey, how's it going, guys? Great to be here.
0: How was your week, man? We went sledding.
1: It was dope. It was really cool, actually. The only downside is
0: look at my phone for those of you at home who can't see it looks like brian's phone listened to no doubt and went walking through some spider webs leave a message and i'll call you back because that screen dog is <laughs> shattered
1: yeah it looks like uh, i'm not sure if it's either a left or the right butt cheek Definitely one or the
0: one or the other. Knowing Brian, I've I've oogled your buns enough to know it's probably right butt cheek territory. Uh, there we go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got some good air going down the slopes, and uh,
0: <laughs> I gotta tell you, it was it was fun times. Yeah, we went with our friends and kids, and we murdered a snowman, and I think that we encountered the man whose snowman we killed, and had him take a group photo. So this <laughs> this is a fun.
1: Yeah, I thought that was uh, maybe the case because he was kind of glancing over at us like. You fucking dicks.
0: And then when we asked him to take the picture, he was, like, going to say no. And then, you know, you, for those of you who don't know, we have a friend named Jackie who would resent me for saying that she's brash and brazen. Uh, but she totally is. And she's like, no, you should take the picture. And so he oh, took yeah, the picture. Yeah,
1: she definitely did a little peer pressure there. And the yeah. guy was just like, well, I don't know. And we Jackie's have babies. like babies. Yeah, but you know what's funny is she's, like, subtly forceful. And she's yeah. like, no, you're going to take this fucking photo. Exactly. <laughs> I'll rip your fucking fingers
0: off and I'll make you take the photo. That's it. So,
1: yeah, it was fun, you know. Other than that,
0: just, uh, you know, everyday work. You know how it goes. Every day I'm hustling. That's it. And I think my uncle was in that music video. <laughs> did I ever tell you that my uncle was Hollywood Jesus or WeHo Jesus? Yeah, you know what? You did tell me that. So, um, speaking of crazy uncles, how about that? Giorgio. <laughs> I like how you did that. Wow, that's a dark comparison. <laughs> anyway, what movie did we pick this week, Brian? Well, we picked Castle
1: Freak. And if I hadn't known that was the name of the movie, I would have thought you had just made
0: it up. Because yeah. Because it just seems so random of a name. It's like very homogenized. It sounds more like a video game than a movie, right? <laughs> so one of our fans had reached out and said, it was very interestingly, hold on, I want to make sure I get the name. Horror Squad, spelled S-K-W-A-A-D. I'm so dumb, I thought it was like a Middle Eastern guy. And I was like, oh, it's a cool thing. And then I was like, I read it out loud to myself. I was like, yep. <laughs> that's not real but he noted that the whole film comes out of stewart gordon being in a producer's office seeing a poster with this creepy hunchback in front of a castle and he's like what's that movie about and the guy's like oh that's not a movie it's just a poster and that started the whole thing
1: wow that's really cool yeah. i feel like uh he sees the poster immediately goes to starbucks and just like knocks that shit out over some latte
0: yeah so interestingly enough so it's directed by stewart gordon who wrote it Along with Dennis Paoli, who did the actual screenplay, okay. and it's very, very loosely based on an H.P. Lovecraft story called "The Outsider," which, because I'm a crazy person, I read, and it is not good. <laughs> this oh, really? is well, it's not that it's bad. It's just like whatever. If I had never read any, like if I had never seen the Twilight Zone, "The Outsider" would be dope as fuck. Okay, but I have, and so it just doesn't work for me. Uh, and then the movie is so tenuously linked to it, you're like, I don't even know if you should. If you listen to the episode that I did with the wife on Mimic, it's about as closely linked okay. as that. Where it's like, that featured an insect person, this features a creepy guy in a castle that's about the wink
1: yeah from a little bit of notes that i read up on the movie sorry for anybody i didn't know i had some a crazy work week worked 13 hours yesterday when i was supposed to do a little homework and watch the movie so i ended up watching it while i was at work sorry boss but from the notes that i saw it said something about hp lovecraft being somewhat tied to it when it comes to the monster or giorgio uh looking in the mirror
0: Yep. Basically. That's pretty much the crescendo of the story. So we'll get into it now, might as well, okay. rather than waiting to the end. Obviously, as always, this is a spoiler podcast, so if you're upset by that, you probably shouldn't be listening to this episode, yeah. but thank you very much for downloading and helping our statistics.
1: I feel like maybe we should have like a, uh, like, you know, those, like siren sound,
0: like spoiler Beow. alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- watching this movie stopped my heart. Uh, anyway. <laughs> So in the short story, I'm just going to blaze through it. It's from the narrator's perspective is that of what would be Giorgio in this. And he's like, oh, I've lived in a castle with a bunch of trees. And the only thing that reaches above the trees is the tower. And it's all dark. I don't know why I chose this accent, but I'm committed to it at this point. <laughs> So he reads books, and that's how he learns language, but he's never even spoken out loud, and he doesn't really know what he looks like, and blah, 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 he doesn't have memories. He gets so sick of living in this castle alone that he, like, climbs up the tower, and there's not the complete steps, so he does, like, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible
2: tune,
0: climbing up the thing with his, like, weird suction gloves. He gets up to the top of the tower, opens a grate. He comes up through the floor in this other place. He looks outside. He sees the moon. And he's like, oh, it's the most orgasmic sight I've ever seen. <laughs> Something, I'm paraphrasing. And then he realizes very oddly that he's in like a castle on the ground. So it implies that the tower he just came from is completely subterranean, which is very weird. Or it's a portal. I'm not quite sure if it's like a being John Malkovich scenario. Uh, so weird. then uh, homeboy just looks around, can't find anybody, so he's like crossing these meadows and he finally gets to a house and he goes in through the window and there's people having a party or like I think they even call it like a gay soiree kind of a thing. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, son, get your freak on and they're like, ah and they run away and he thinks that there's something behind him and it's like him. So he ends up going up to what he thinks is another being and he touches a mirror and runs off because he's so scared and it's not until later that he realizes it was his reflection. Uh, he doesn't go into detail about like really how he looks, but it's just, it's almost like Salem's lot where it's like it became unmentionable. Right. Okay. So that's the short story. <laughs> and then you end up with this movie with like incest and infanticide and wow it's yeah it's definitely a lot to take in
1: (laughs) i don't really know where to start with this film i feel like unfortunately it seems like the dialogue kind of at least for me was a little lacking
0: It's rough, too. It's very rigid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But most notably, you remember the special effects, which I feel like are great in this film. We Um, talked about
0: before we started recording. This is a creature feature, but strangely, the creature is a person. Right. I can't remember seeing a movie like that, where as far as we know, there's nothing... Mutated about him. There's nothing, you know, possessed about him. He's just some whipping boy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think we should just get down to it. You want to start with the statistics? The statistics.
0: <laughs> My name is Jake and I'm sponsored by Monster Energy Drink today. I have a phone system. Oh, wait, hold on. Are we
1: mentioning anything about sponsor not yet no not yet, not yet. okay it's, oh, it's wow. in the mail though
0: <laughs> oh really? for those of you who don't know we be encrypted <laughs> as fuck because we made it we we, we made it <laughs> not really anyway so the budget on this movie i think it's like five hundred thousand bucks the gross we'll never know because it went straight to dv or excuse me vhs at the time <laughs> I, I made the same mistake we both did earlier uh it was released november 14th 1995 Brian, I'm going to fuck your day up by telling you what movies came out. I'm going to do the whole month of November and yeah,
1: have fun. I don't even know. Okay, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark because I have no idea any kind of time reference. When did Titanic come out? Is that like way before? I think it's a little bit after this. It's a little bit after this. Okay, I'm trying to think of something else that would be out in like
0: 95. Uh, When did? No. Matrix? No. it, It might as well have been the Matrix. Goldeneye. Oh, came fuck. Out. Okay. Ace Ventura when Nature Calls came out and Toy Story came out. Those are the top three. There's also Casino in there.
1: Yeah, garner any attention whatsoever. So for it to go straight to
0: VHS, bravo. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably the smart call. And also, I think there's some charm to it now. Like it, the popularity of this has grown significantly. Because I remember seeing the poster years ago. I, but I thought it was just the cover of like a Fangoria magazine or something. That's the way I'd always imagined it. Um, so I didn't realize it's actually called Castle Freak. and you know it's that image of Giorgio with like the snarled lip. You see it all the time. But now you see the like enamel pins and T-shirts and stuff like that. and it's like it truly reminds you that we live in an age where your interests can be so niche and yet still like you can find people like we've done with the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I mean the first time I saw it it what came to me was a freaky version of like Hunchback of Notre Dame.
0: There exactly. <laughs> I w- the way that you said freaky made me wish that we were watching Castle Freaky Friday. <laughs> Which would be an amazing movie, and it would feature, like, the 20-somethings Lindsay Lohan instead of the little girl version. Yeah, that's She's Giorgio. That's a little creepy. (laughs) Anyway, the movie uh, has a runtime of 95 minutes if you watch the unrated cut, which I'm assuming I did based on all of the things that I saw. Yeah, we'll we'll delve into that a little later.
1: But huh. holy crap, yeah, huh. stuff that you can't unsee. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily saying that as you guys shouldn't watch the film. Yeah, but uh, definitely cringeworthy.
0: It's direct. Okay, so before we get to the director, could it have been shorter? I think we can both agree it could have been a lot shorter. But then there's not <laughs> enough plot for it to have been longer. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's it it could have been shorter, but like you said, without going into too much of it because we'll go and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. They don't have enough dialogue, I feel like, to support anything else. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's certain parts where you're like, Wow, that's interesting. That guy has a kid and I guess I need to know that because (laughs) I don't want to give anything away right now. But you know what I mean? It it just doesn't seem like it all adds up sometimes, but uh
0: you know it works out yeah as we said the director Stuart gordon did reanimator space truckers he did the story for honey i shrunk the kids he did from beyond so he's hugely famous we already established he wrote edited by burt gladstein which i just love the name of i don't give a fuck about anything else richard band did the music just like he did for from beyond and the reanimator now, let me I ask you this a guy whose name is richard band he had to be a musician <laughs> right absolutely that's I feel like, like me being like Jake Suplex and then being a pro wrestler. Like, it's kind of inevitable. He probably played the guitar. Dude, that'd be so <laughs> snazzy. I, this movie could have used it in parts. I think some jazzing up. A little bit of comic relief. I don't, I, even,
1: I don't even notice any music. I feel like it was more or less like, uh, almost like when he was chasing them i guess i just heard piano or it seemed like piano or it just seemed like very tense music but yeah. i don't know i i, th- I don't think of it the same term of music as like uh, i guess i'm thinking of like i don't know it's hard to explain like it's not
0: i think this a movie
1: song or it's i don't know does that make
0: any sense if this movie had its own version of like tubular bells from the exorcist like if it yeah. had that hooky music that could have been great like, something that goes from very ambient and, like, shadowy to something full-sounding. Because that's, I mean, Giorgio throughout the whole movie, he's stalking them. Right. So, so it's, it's very
1: bit. subtle. And then it gets to, like, intense sounds. Yeah. Right? And that's, I guess, what I was trying to explain. It's it's music, but it's, like, just, like, sounds. Right? Yeah. I mean, all music is sound. That sounds really Well, I think dumb, you're thinking but... more like industrial, right? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that totally works.
0: And especially for it being the 90s, I'm kind of surprised it doesn't have a soundtrack like that. Because like <laughs> industrial is hitting its groove at the That's 90s. That's true. With the nine-inch nails. And the movie was produced by Maurizio Maggi. And there are a bunch of other people who were involved. But it seems that Maggi is, I think he's the guy who was the president of Full Moon Films. And it's his fucking castle if you if you're rich enough to have a fucking castle, you don't need to be producing wow. B movies. That's really cool. Super dope, right? So that's one of the things we'll get into later. We have a fan question about it in terms of budget for the film. So remind me to say some shit.
1: That's really cool, right? I mean, you're like, wow, it only costs 500 grand to make. And you're like, well, I mean, the whole setting was at this yeah. dude's house. So Exactly.
0: That's the way you get around it. Just why every fucking Star Wars fan film or Street Fighter fan film takes place in the fucking forest. Because you don't need a permit to shoot there. And it's just like, hey trees are cheap it's better than making a backdrop (laughs) out of a rug and a blanket i like it so the creature effects were done by optic nerve studios uh mike maseemer who did the blob space truckers demon wind babylon 5 john volich also was on babylon 5 he did friday the 13th the final chapter he did cyborg which is a movie i love he did troll he did day of the dead i mean in it shows The one area where this movie like truly shines is the creature effects, and what's weird, and we've talked about this, you know, going into recording tonight. The longer I've marinated on this movie, the more I've liked it. Because as I first watched, I was like, "This was distasteful. This is too far. This is disgusting." (laughs) And now I'm like, "But the fact that it made me feel uncomfortable, the fact that it made me feel gross, like doesn't." that make it an effective horror movie right absolutely and with
1: this film in particular i feel like more so than any of the ones we've watched previously i feel like with the lack of dialogue it completely makes up for in special effects so i wasn't really i didn't really care i'm like yeah whatever i mean you have minor dialogue here and there but i mean we have some gruesome effects and definitely made me
0: squeamish a little bit so i was pretty happy about it yeah i totally agree so is it time to get into nicknames
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: All right, Jeffrey Combs. Can you he plays John Riley. Can you call him anything but The Reanimator? No. You can't. And that's one thing I was talking about with one of our fans was when you look at his career that you have to figure this dude gets typecast and it kind of belittles what potential he could have had or it gives him a, a built-in career in horror either way because if you look at the poster for The Reanimator, it is one of my top maybe four favorite posters of all time. And so years before I'd even seen the movie, I knew that poster and I knew him as the creepy guy. Right. Absolutely. And how do you think he does in the movie? I mean, we were kind of talking about he's just eh, like I'm straight edge and I could probably act like a drunk better than him.
1: Yeah. I I feel like we were talking about this before the podcast. Unfortunately, I feel like male father figures in horror films, at least the ones we've been doing lately,
0: have all been under the same kind of stereotypical dickhead dad, right? The, he's very analogous to Lewis Creed. I mean, he's a professor. He well, because Lewis, he works at a university. Alcohol reference goes to a prostitute. Two kids, one predeceases him. Did, f- feelings did of did guilt. Creed
1: go to a prostitute.
0: Yeah, but it's in the book. It's not in the movie.
1: Oh, okay, that's where yeah it was different, they right? refer
0: okay. to it in the book like. Five years previously, he'd gone to a prostitute, and I remember being like, "Uh, stupid dads Okay, I'm not uh-ing <laughs> prostitutes, you know, because <clears throat> me too, women power. But I am men who patronize them instead of just giving them money and putting them you to know, school.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're, I'm almost giving away a timeline as far as when this came out because we like to be secretive and whatnot. But we could almost call him Robert Kraft.
0: Huh. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we're going to have to move on because I can't punctuate that any better. <laughs> Barbara Crampton played Susan. I have no idea what to call her because she, she's a beautiful woman. She, I I have a crush on her from the reanimator, but she's bland AF in this movie, man. man, I had nothing.
1: Fucking Susan.
0: All right. I think that's appropriate. (laughs) Fucking Susan. What's funny enough, we call her fucking Susan and she's probably the only character who gets no action in the movie at all. We then go to Jessica Donahue who plays Rebecca. I got one for this. I think you're going to like it. Go for it. Labyrinth. Because she looks just like Sarah. Sarah from the labyrinth.
1: Sarah.
0: Turn yeah. back, Sarah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, maybe you had a little more inkling and to call her that <laughs> more so than than I would because of the, the little crush you had on her. Oh, dude,
0: time. It's, I still have that. It's weird. <laughs> so I, as an adult male, don't have a crush on that girl. I have a sense of warmth and nostalgia for being a little boy who has a crush on that girl. <laughs> That's probably the best way I could phrase that without sounding like fucking creep. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, that's not creepy at that's all. That's not creepy at all.
0: <laughs> Ugh. Fondness. We cut to Jonathan Fuller, who plays Giorgio, and I think we're going to go with yours, but okay. I really want to just say mine out yeah, loud once. go ones, for it. Because I put it, it in the notes, and I really just want to say it all dickless. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's really good, and it's funny because I didn't even realize he was dickless until you had mentioned it. I just happened to notice a bunch of uh, old balls hanging around, and I'm just like, oh, nope, I'm just going to glance away from those for a second. Sorry, guys, a little spoiler alert, but you get some balls action.
0: Dude, and they are pendulous balls that look like the, you know, when you look, think, uh, if you haven't seen the movie in a while or you've never seen the movie and you're just listening to this to hear us talk about weird shit. Think of how you would think of a cartoon bone that a dog would have. (laughs) Cut it in half and dangle one side from the
1: guy's pelvis. Absolutely. Yeah, you know those, I guess they're the pendulum balls that people have in their office, right? The little metal balls that like click back and forth. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, just imagine that just dangling between his legs. And so I don't know when it's going to come up again, but the the clicking balls on the desk, (laughs) that is my favorite part of X-Men. (laughs) When Magneto's doing that with his mind. Right. Given that this is a horror podcast, I probably won't get to bring it up again. So just need to say, Ian McKellen, you, my dude, Magneto was right.
1: There we go. So as far as my thought on what I would give the freak, (laughs) I like to think of him as, um, you know, in the movie Goonies, (laughs) when Chunk... There you
2: go. (laughs) There you go. I feel
1: like when Chunk meets Sloth... if it weren't a kid's movie, <laughs> G- Giorgio would be Sloth, it's so,
2: right? It's so fucking
1: so, perfect. so Chunk would be like, hey, you want a candy bar? And he would just like rip his
0: fucking throat out. I want fucking
1: cat.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to call him Sloth. Dude, I am so ashamed I didn't come up with that because it is so good. <laughs> Well, I really wish I would have had that so I could take the credit and be the glory hound. But, oh uh, well, it's so good, <laughs> and then when, especially when you go scene for scene, and there's like you know Chunk and he's like tied to the chair and he's just screaming, <laughs> and then like, ah! and he like rips right, he he like like Hulk strengths out of his oh, like yeah.
1: restraints, right? And it's almost like exact the same does. exact same thing. Oh yeah, and yeah. then
0: Chunk lifts up his shirt, the freak lifts up Labyrinth shirt, I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's so, so gross. It's not a good so thing. Gross. So I think I'm gonna take the recapitation for tonight because Brian's gonna start taking the lead on the sleigh by play. Oh man, he's so fucking dope. <laughs> uh, All right, the recapitation. Guy inherits house. House has a murder man underneath. The end. That's pretty much the story, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So Brian, you nailed it. All Hit right, us so. up with that
0: "Slay by play motherfucker. Now we're going to go into "Slay by play <laughs> uh, Quick question. Go for uh, it. Not for you, actually. I'm talking to oh, the microphone. Wow. Oh, not to okay. you, sorry. Just, Do you mind simmering down? I'm trying to have a one-on-one with the fans here. Simmer down now. Yeah, okay. So actually... If you're listening, just lean forward a little bit closer and we'll try and tune Brian out. Uh, Brian, why don't you go to play in the corner for oh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, Jake wants to know if you want segment music or like sound bites to cue in each part. Uh, you know, Brian, you're still over there humoring yourself, bud?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: cool. Okay, uh, because I want to know if it helps punctuate the show and, and move us from segment to segment. To, or if you just like us improvising it every week. Okay, Brian, you can come back. Alright, whatever dickhead. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, he actually leaned closer the entire time just to fuck with me. Touche. Alright, so Slay by Play. Basically
1: the way the movie starts out, right, is you have this old lady totally cutting up some like
0: would you like some sausage it's
1: like some sausage yeah. and then she uses the same knife that's not even serrated to cut like a piece of bread yep. but it seems like she's having a little hard time like right cutting yeah. through it i don't know it was really strange i was like i don't know what the fuck's going on there's a cat it's an orange cat and actually i don't know where i heard this from but i feel like majority of orange cats are male have you heard that
0: well this cat has huge balls oh i didn't even know <laughs> i did because it's when labyrinth picks him up He's got, like, huge-ass balls that are facing the screen. I was like, ugh. Okay, so this doesn't make sense, right? So
1: that old, that lady in the very beginning of the film, that's supposed to be the Duchess, right? Okay, same cat 40 years later. How does that make sense? No, when she dies, it's like modern day. It's modern day, so okay. that's why
0: the the guy John ends up inheriting the house. R- oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I
0: was thinking it was like
1: it was like once she was younger and she was doing this gotcha, torturing, gotcha. and then I was like, no, that's no way that it's the same fucking yeah. cat. Okay,
0: so in I think that when she's cutting with a knife, it's meant to be like she's frail, so that when she gets to that part with the right device, right. exactly, yeah. exactly, it seems okay. like it's more shocking that she's capable of doing it because at first I'm like where's excuse me i have to burp where's this movie going and i did not expect to go there yeah two minutes in
1: exactly so she walks down the little steps to the dungeon fucking crazy like bdm dungeon down there (laughs) Yeah.
0: and no dice no dragons whatever
1: right (laughs) and she busts out some sweet ass flail right oh yeah she well so she doesn't give the food first she flails and then food right Okay, so she just like sets food down. She's like, well, you got to earn your shit, bud. All right. <laughs> I have a question for you. Is it
0: more flailing or flogging? Hmm. I feel like both are actually apropos, if flailing. you flailing, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Floggling. I like it. So, that yeah. reminds me of, dem- see, I'm, I'm such a fucking 80-day mutant where I'm like, hey, when I hear floggle, I think boggle, I think demolition man. That's the way my brain works all the time. I'll be driving and something will come on, and so, I'm like, D-d-d-d-d-d-d. so
1: basically, you mind meld yourself,
0: yeah. And then I <laughs> end up at usually some pop culture from the '90s, <laughs> very usually. I, I like going. it. I I'm like sorry. It. That- no,
1: it's fine. It's fine. And I feel like as she's walking down to said dungeon, right, you hear the moaning, right, and yeah. it's like very subtle at first, and you're like, what? What
0: is? that? Is that the cat? What's, <laughs> what's going on here?
1: And apparently it's it's the Giorgio, which I mean you don't really realize what his name is until much further along.
0: And he he's clearly
1: moaning. This is why it reminded you of a huge movie. See, now I'm thinking. uh, As soon as you say moaning, I'm thinking moaning Myrtle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Which is something completely different. We are man-children.
0: <laughs> no, dude, Moaning Myrtle, that's from Harry Potter. That's what I'm saying. We're man-children because <laughs> you're thinking of a children's book as a man, and I'm thinking of Demolition Man as an adult.
1: See, and I was thinking, well, I said Moaning Myrtle said moaning, and then there's a girl, so I'm thinking you're immediately thinking, oh, it's like some
0: childish like sex thing, but no. It's... <laughs> <laughs> So why don't you take it from here, Jake? So she rips open the door. She flails homeboy. She closes the door. She throws the food in. And she starts to, like, wheeze and fall, like, go back to her little room. And she's, like, falling over herself. And then she f- kind of falls into the bed and drops the, the flail And then her eyes, nose, and mouth are, like, oozing with this, like, crusty white stuff. And she's dead. And I thought, because she has, like, a boil on the back of her hand, too. Like, oh, naturally, this freak has some kind of disease. Like, that's what this is. Yeah, that makes sense. I was so wrong. (laughs) So wrong. Yeah, they don't really go much into it. I guess she just dies because old. I think it's meant to be like she has, like, a heart attack from flailing him so bad. But I was still like, that's just... Okay. So basically, Giorgio got the last laugh. Pretty much, because
1: he got to eat a sausage while she died. <laughs> He's like, "Whip me one more time, bitch! I dare you.
0: <laughs> See what happens." Hey, girl, how that heart doing? Your cardiac health. Okay, so that's going to be my character choice for the entire show. But anytime, cue me up, and I'll be sloth, and I'll talk like that. So, anything, right? Because for those of you who don't remember in the film, he does not English. No. Which makes sense because he's Italiano, but he doesn't Italiano either. So just cue me up and I will translate his italian moding into english jive
1: <laughs> i like it so then yeah basically it goes into the blind girl right she the daughter the family basically come walking into the door right Yep. and that's when
0: well it's actually it's not through the door it's in the car is it in the car the only reason i remembered it was there's a, a nice visual cue where the, the dad's like oh yeah we're in italy smell the air and she rolls down the window and starts to put her face out her mom's like get back here you're gonna <laughs> fucking kill yourself and so that's Fucking Susan, that's her. Fucking Susan, that The makes only reason sense. I remember it is because it's you know it's a character element that we get the protective mom from the get-go, so you know like that's that's your signal that she's going to be
1: that. Right, okay, that makes sense, actually. So then, basically, you learn that, you know, through very subtle dialogue, that he inherited the, the
0: castle, right? <laughs> well, I can't believe I inherited this whole castle, just me. <laughs> and then his lawyer's like, Yep, I can't believe that you're the guy who did it, and we're going to liquidate the assets. Yeah, just like you said, very subtle.
1: <laughs> so then, you know, he just goes through, right, who who has, you know, the inheritance and then you look at like it was didn't he say something about oh they meet they meet the maid, right? Isn't yep. that where they meet the maid and the fucking Susan says something about like, Well, I need you to make up two bedrooms? Yeah. Like, I feel like that was Kind of a dick move, Susan, not going to lie.
0: Yeah, it's one thing to need it. It's quite another thing to like bring it to light. And I think that was one of the things is that she has no shame about it at this point, because we'll get into the motivations as to why later. But yeah, her character has some interesting elements, right? In, like her motivations for staying and not leaving and then coming back. And it's, it's all kind of like
1: awkward. how like, I understand you just inherited a castle, but how hard is it to make up uh, a room for, you know, your estranged husband? Like just have your husband do it. Don't say anything yeah. to the to the
0: help, right? Exactly. <laughs> so as we're they're walking through, there's a lot of severe paintings, lots of skulls everywhere. And the big thing that the housekeeper does is she's like, You're going to sell and then you're gonna go. You're gonna sell and you're gonna go. So and she like, knew about it. She knew about oh, it. Oh, she seems very aware. Because it also seems like later on she's covering up for Giorgio. I think that she's the one feeding Giorgio during the interim too. Well, that would make
1: sense yeah. on how he was able to survive for so long. Yeah. But at the same time, she seems, I mean, I'm jumping way ahead, but she seems so surprised.
0: right? I don't think that she seems surprised because when she goes down later to his little dungeon cell, it's not the fact that he is there, thats it's the fact that he's not there that startles her. Oh. I think that she expects him, that but makes I might sense. be wrong.
1: That makes sense, but I mean, it's the only way that makes sense for him to survive down there for so long unless he's licking fucking water off the cave.
0: Yeah, which they show him doing, which I was like, oh, that's nice. I, yeah. I now understand something. more. But where does the poop go, Brian?
1: <laughs> well, see, what happens is <laughs> he takes a shit and then he molds it to the wall and then it becomes part of the cave.
0: Oh, I thought you were say he eats it and it's just kind of... <laughs> the circle I... Well, I was just being constructive of some sort. Okay. So. <laughs> when did The Lion King come out in comparison to this movie? Just kidding moving on did uh is this the part where he takes
1: his daughter and they walk around the house right that comes after that the come, scene uh, where
0: he like tries to get his dick wet oh his that's filthy alcoholic dick wet
1: <laughs> <laughs> right and then i remember the housemaid says something along the lines of you know what it's some parts of it were hard to kind of understand because i feel like the accents were so strong yeah that she said something about being the lady of the house, right? And then they kind of correct her. Do you remember that at all? Like Susan was like, she's like, oh well, you're you're the lady of the house, and she's like, no, ma'am, you're the lady of you know. Nah, uh, never something like maybe. That never mind. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm looking too much, in much I'm the help. But yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So um, then John comes to Susan's bedroom, and he's like. Let me suck your face off. And she's like, no, John. He's like, well, it's been nine months. Can't you ever forgive me? And I might immediately go, oh, he cheated on her. But it's worse. It's way worse. Yeah. Do you what? want... Or that doesn't happen yet. We'll go to his dream sequence later. But then there's the lightning cracking over the carving of a face on his bed frame. And I was like, oh, that's a trope I've seen before. And I feel like I I know very little about alcohol, Brian. So please tell me if you think this will work every time there was a trope in this movie if you drank would you be blind by the end of the movie no okay
1: absolutely not <laughs> it's funny that you asked that because you're like i have no frame of reference
0: <laughs> like <laughs> alcohol's bad you're just gonna die and you're like no you wouldn't be mildly buzzed
1: but at the same time i mean if you were to look at all of the negative things that happen from alcohol in this film you're like well i'm i'm not gonna drink yeah. absolutely not I'm either going to, A, take a wine bottle and smash it against uh, a railing for some reason and cut my hand. Yeah. B, do some god-awful thing that I feel like we're eventually going to get to, Just right? Just Okay. So, he basically uh, is driving home... With his son, that you find out he had a son and his not blind daughter at the time. Yeah, <laughs> and he drops his phone. He's very drunk. He's trying to find his own. No, the, the kid drops his Game Boy. The whatever, Game Boy's up. phone. Yeah. I say phone. It's Game Boy. Yada yada.
0: Well, yeah, we're also in like a next millennium, so That's I think true. you get a, f- a pass on that. That's one. true. So, th- the, so son the kid's dropped. like,
1: "Fuck seatbelts." Right. He's like, "Don't worry, Dad. I got it. I don't need no seat belt Fuck that shit." So he goes and reaches down the dad. Like, hey, put on your seatbelt. And he reaches back, and you can tell he's clearly drunk. I feel like that's some of his best acting. Probably.
0: Because well, at first I was like, is he supposed to be tired? And then when he turns around, he starts like being crabby. I was like, oh, no, that's supposed to be drunk. I yep, get it.
1: Absolutely. So he turns back around and he sees a car coming right at him. A so big he, rig, as always. Is it, was it a big rig? I think I so. Okay. My tiny phone screen <laughs> would not allow me to you know, be able to judge That's probably why that. I didn't notice there was no dick on uh, <laughs> Old Dickless, by the way. Which, I mean, thank God, basically. Yeah. yeah. So then he swerves, right? They go off the side. Were they in like a ravine
0: or something? Kinda, of, it's like just the side of the road, but yeah, they're flipped right. over. They
1: flip over. He hears Labyrinth, Labyrinth, you know, crying, and he checks on her. But then he's like, "Where the hell is JJ?" Whoa, shit! JJ didn't have a seatbelt on.
0: It, was it just me, or were there two distinct sounds of like crying and moaning? Yes, the, okay, no that's word. what I thought. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense, right? Because it, one would think JJ died like instantly. But right? I guess that's
0: supposed to be the part that makes it more horrific. Like that's one of the things that we talked about this movie doing so effectively. Is like it. It's just cringy and torturous, like Passion of the Christy. Because it's like, this kid didn't die quick. He suffered. That's true. Absolutely. And then and then,
1: and then they show the way that Labyrinth goes blind, basically, is the, the window, right? It's yeah. the glass from the window goes into her eyes. Which, apparently, somehow, miraculously, she has no scars from.
0: Well, she has a couple scars. Does she? Yeah, they're notice. really faint, though. Oh, but, okay. I, mean, it, I actually thought that was some of the more subtle makeup work. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's um, only like around her cheeks, and there's nothing else on, on her face, and it's not like a huge appliance or anything.
1: And I'm not really like I'm. I don't know too much about it as far as when somebody goes blind from an accident or whatnot. Is that something where your eye, your eyes just go gray? That's that's like a thing.
0: I don't know. I honestly, okay. I was like, I could do the medical research or I could just try and come up with <laughs> I'm more like, ways eh. to make fun of her.
1: I mean, it, it's a, it's a constant reminder that she's blind. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll go with it. Right. Yeah. I think it's totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> Does that, is that basically, I, did we jump, jump ahead or did we not? We jumped way ahead.
0: We- <laughs> what What's next? So then after the, actually we didn't go that far ahead. Now that I'm looking at it, cause then it's him having the nightmare. It's. Him. So John hears a sound and it's clearly the moaning, and he goes downstairs. Right, that's um, right. He's calling for JJ, which is kind of interesting. He sees this gate in the subterranean part. And then he finds a wine cellar, just like you said. He accidentally breaks a bottle, but I wasn't sure if it was intentional or accidental. It seemed
1: weird, right? Yeah. Because it was like very straightforward on the way he drops down the wine bottle. Yeah, it right? seemed
0: deliberate, like he was swinging it. But then almost at like point-
1: almost like he he's like, no, I'm not gonna be that guy I once was. Yeah. but then
0: he like cuts his hand and he's like ah oh, fuck me i cut my <laughs> hand and so he ends up there's a silhouette of the castle with this fake light on which is kind of distracting and it kind of reminded me of salem's lot and then he's washing his hands and he's confronted by the housekeeper who pours him a drink and, and offers it him and he's that's
1: like, that's when he says oh I, I don't drink right he's
0: like i'm nailed to the x
1: bitch <laughs> yeah i'm sure part of you is just like that's my boy yeah. although
0: he's a piece of shit so maybe not yeah i was like uh, <laughs> hey so this is something i've ranted about before and you've heard it i fucking hate being over 30 because all the people who were like shitty to me in my teens and 20s were like you're a straight-edge Motron. you need to be a real man and drink beer and then they fucked up their lives have like reached out to me to be like their tower and beacon of oh, light be like no. they really get your shit together oh so many times where people are like let's hang out and i'm like no I still hate you. That is not happening.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you still wear your Letterman jacket. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I'd rather hang out with old Dickless than them. (laughs) All right, then, is that. (laughs) That's the part where him and the maid, I feel like, should we know her name? Is there a time when we
0: were given her name? Uh, Yeah, I think it's like Agnes or something. (laughs) I was going to say Esmeralda. It's maybe not. (laughs) Okay. uh, Based by Elizabeth Caza and. I can't find any kind of profile on her, so I'm I'm good to just ignore that she exists. I think she's actually Turkish from what I was reading, so that's kind of dope. Interesting. So basically, right, she kind of gives a little backstory
1: about Duchess, right? Yep. And you find that an American man came and swooned. A smarty, swoon. sexy yeah, American man. He, he swooned the Duchess, right? And I don't feel like, do we ever know Duchess' name? This is weird things I think of. I don't, I don't think that I don't think we ever think get her name. It's names. just Duchess. Yeah. It's just the Duchess. I feel like it's the Duchess. The Duchess, yeah. Yeah. So we have the Duchess, and she gets swooned by American man, and you find that they have a child together. Baby. And when that child is five, I believe, right? Distinctly which is around the same time as when JJ passed away. Exactly. The American man's like, yeah, I'm sick of this shit. I'm leaving back to the States and just straight leaves. And
0: then that's when Duchess kind of goes crazy, right? Exactly. And the whole point being, yes, yeah, suffering is relative. They're both suffering, blah, blah, blah. She actually implies that the Duchess may have killed Giorgio to get revenge against the American man who leaves. It's kind of an ambiguous scene, but I think the whole point is supposed to be like, it's hearsay. So whatever. Then we cut to a scene which is I actually thought was kind of an interesting expository scene because people keep referring to Rebecca as being like super positive and here's like this moment of vulnerability where she's trying to learn italian and she starts crying And i think she's like yeah i'm never gonna see italy like this sucks and then instantly her mom is there so again you're getting that protective mother hen coming and checking in on her and then john comes out and he's like hey i'm gonna go check out the whole house you want to come see Uh, and it's like that's right she's just gonna walk around but that's good that you're being inclusive i appreciate that and then he keeps referring to his booty yeah, and I, I like, feel
1: like that was really strange that he kept on saying booty. I'm like, just call it loot, dude, yeah. or something else other than booty. Especially with how about that? Especially with your, like, you know, preteen daughter. Mm-hmm. It's a little creepy. So, so they,
0: they end up in a room full of toys. That right. That comes the, play later the with a The rocking little horse.
1: rocking horse, right. Yeah. So that was kind of cool seeing that come back up in the scene a little yeah. later on.
0: They walk by some furniture that is shrouded in, in sheets, which is kind of cool. And he ends up in the Duchess's room
1: is that is is in the duchess room where you see the creepy ass painting of i feel it's like a super famous painting right of like a demon eating children
0: yeah exactly
1: and i want to say it's a famous painting that i feel like a it lot is, yeah. of like death metal bands yeah. probably you know relate to or have in some sort of way on like their album cover
0: of some sort yeah i thought that it was chronos eating the other gods when i was watching i'm like that's can't be right so you can take over what happens and i'm gonna google search to make sure that i sound smart
1: well yeah they basically go throughout the room and then he does find the duchess room right and like i said i want to say that's where the creepy painting is because duchess is a pretty fucked up lady you know he sets her down on the bed and he says if you were duchess where would you hide your jewelry right i believe those are exact words yep. and she you know she just kind of jokingly says uh well i would hide him underneath the bed he's like huh
0: that actually makes a little bit of sense. So I'm not entirely wrong because there is a famous painting where Saturn is eating his son, but. I can't find that fucking painting, so I'm gonna put my phone down and focus solely on you so we have a better <laughs> podcast. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, man. That's okay. cool. That's there was cool. you go. So he you know, So she's like, I'd hide it under my bed. I'd hide it. And then under he the finds bed. her kink stick. Right. And then he and he totally
1: finds this whip, right? And if, at first I can imagine him totally being like, Oh, this kinky broad
0: and then there's like nails and spikes attached to the end of it, and you're like, Oh, this is maybe a little worse than that. And then he actually takes it seriously by whipping himself in his injured hand, and I was like what the fuck did you think was gonna yeah happen to like this? let me
1: let me flail this around my blind daughter that totally
0: yeah. makes sense safety first <laughs> so he ends up finding the photo album because he goes to her chiffarobe robe or wardrobe you like how i finally got to use it to kill a mockingbird <laughs> i fuck like it yeah and he finds his photo album and he's looking through it and she hears the sound and he's like shut up bitch i'm working <laughs> on my i'm looking at this f- photo album again
1: like the worst parent ever i don't understand i feel like he's like in his own zone so much that he clearly can't hear his daughter just like get up and walk away
0: yeah and she's ticking with the fucking stick (laughs) as she's sitting down she's even ticking with the stick and so she leaves and so you'd be like huh object permanence the ticking was there and now it's not she's not here right so he goes to find her and labyrinth goes down into the subterranean area she ends up finding this, a.
1: Key. this is where she finds the orange cat right yep. and With a big, big old ball the big balls i like it i like it so, so then, then, what then happens? this is where the cat ends up kind of going further down right yep. and she chases after the kitty cat so then that is when i believe she runs across the little milk saucer correct
0: yeah exactly yeah well it's the metal dish where oh um, it's the metal the dish
1: where he gets fed yeah right okay so then that's when i believe the cat goes Under inside the yeah. right it goes inside like totally testing some of its lives right yeah. you're like okay how many times can you get away with this shit and
0: uh ugh, what happens next jake so she's sitting there at the door and she's like kitty kitty kitty, kitty. and he's cl- like you see the yellow eye open and you see him snarling and like you know, oozing out of his mouth and everything, and it's the your introduction to Giorgio Sloth, Old Dickless, and. <laughs> I
1: like that. That's like the entire name. Exactly. Giorgio
0: Sloth Old Dickless. Yeah. We, if if we're gonna make it a full name, we have to change old to Mick. <laughs> Giorgio Sloth Mick Dickless, at your service, attorneys at law. But she's trying to call the cat, and then Susan's like. She, that's chipperty Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> she falls and hurts herself. Big oh, deal. Oh, that's right. She, no. But you know what? She doesn't just fall and hurt herself. <laughs> they like, sh- roll.
1: Dude, but they show her knee after the fact, and it is. Fucked up. There's like
0: blood and scratches all over her knee. Like she didn't just like have a little tumble. It's pretty hilarious too because it looks like flat ground. I know it's like at an angle, but I think that it was flat and she's clearly rolling, and then they just (laughs) tilted the perspective a little bit. That makes sense. Uh, But students like, where the fuck are you? You're gonna die and disintegrate. (laughs) And she's like, no, mama, no, I'm fine. And so the cat is chasing her out the little slot. Oh, you
1: know what? Every fucking time, man, every time I'm like, you know what? I'm glad Michelle didn't watch this movie because she would be like, nope as soon as she saw the cat it's gonna die it's dead yep it's one of those rules it's like you have sex in a horror film you're gonna die if you are an
0: animal of any shape or form more than likely you're probably gonna. more die. than likely yeah so as the cat's walking out of a little slot where georgia usually gets his food all of a sudden you see it stop and it gets pulled back and it's not like a pleasant pullback. back it's very sad
1: and you know what i don't feel like that was a fake cat I f- it yeah, seems no, it's for sure super real. Like yeah. that happened to an actual cat. <laughs> not nice. Definitely not nice. I knew uh, Jake's little uh,
0: vegan senses were tingling when that happened. Huh? <laughs> torturous yeah i was fine though because i'm a dog person (laughs) if they would have john wicked the dog i would have been like no no Giorgio. (laughs) sorry all the cat followers (laughs) bad Giorgio sloth mcdickless Uh, so what happens next jake so you have the bloody dead cat and he's licking his lips right so he like straight skinned it i don't know how
1: right he just like nod at its fur i think it's just
0: just that it's like blood matted down the fur
1: Oh, because it almost, to me, it, I mean, in my baby phone, again, <laughs> it made it seem like it was just, like, straight up, he flayed the cat, and it was just, like, a, a bloody
0: cat. Which would be funny, because that would imply that he would eat all of the fur and then eat the meat. <laughs>
1: He's just got, like, red, like,
0: orange fur
1: coming out of his, like, snaggle teeth. <laughs> which, would make, w- which would make which sense for
0: all of his gargling sounds that he has. Seriously, fuck, man. <laughs> Enunciate, bitch. <laughs> Then I, I wrote down that he was licking his lips there, but I don't. I thought that he didn't have a tongue later on. I,
1: th- I feel like when he wakes up, they do a really good kind of visual effect of him being in such a comatose, passed out that when he lifts his mouth and face from the ground, you see like saliva. Oh yeah, like stick to the ground, right? They do and a it's really so good job. So gross! It's so gross. It comes back a couple times. Absolutely.
0: And so at this point, he reaches at the door. He can't get it. So he bites the bone of his thumb. And breaks oh. the bone. And I thought, oh, he's just going to break it. Because that kind of reminds me of this, uh, the Cancer Man episode of X-Files. And nope. No. He rips his fucking thumb off yeah. to get out of the shackles. That part was so
1: intense. I was eating a breakfast burrito at that time. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I got a little squeamish. And it takes a lot for me to get squeamish. And I'm not sure if it was necessarily the thumb being ripped off. I feel like it was the skin wiggling around with him trying to force the the shackle off of his hand right oh, yeah. because it shows the skin kind of scrunch up and it almost looks like
0: it's like a real hand right oh yeah yeah. And they do a very good job of hiding the thumb in the rest of the movie as well with the way that he holds his hands and the makeup that they do. So he takes the chain out. And I don't understand how the shackles or the device holding the shackles to the wall has a big enough loop for him to pull the chain out entirely. But... Yeah,
1: how does that work? I, I thought about that as well. I-, I feel like the loop would be small to the point where he would just basically have one hand stuck
0: to the wall. Yeah, exactly. And he
1: would just be like hanging out.
0: But then I thought that he would have, what I was expecting was that he would have more stretch to get to the door. But no, he just rips it through and then just breaks through the door he that just, he's never touched before.
1: Yeah, he just like fucking powers through that shit. I don't know how he has the strength, but apparently all those like little plates of sausage and fucking bread
0: did the trick, right? Fuck yeah. And I think <laughs> if Rocky would have had that as his diet plan for Rocky IV, it's a lot easier fight for him. He doesn't get brain damage, but we're forgetting a very integral part where he pulls a Blanca and he raises his chains up over his head, <laughs> and he's
1: like, Aah! Okay, so this is funny, right? I thought about this during the movie. I feel like sound doesn't carry in this mansion. What is this? Or, like, they
0: hear him moaning, but they don't hear him literally <laughs> screaming and shaking chains over his head. Right,
1: he's screaming like fucking crazy, but they hear Kalima. they hear like a mirror shatter from like two blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, we find out the freak has a weird
0: lamp, right? Yeah. Which they don't really ever explain. And it also doesn't come back, really. He in- intermittently has different walks and runs. Yeah, I feel like it almost
1: seems like they tie it in with him dragging the chain, oh, right? Okay. So, it, you know, I feel like he, it, it makes it seem like this chain is, uh, like, really heavy, but then you find out a little later that it maybe isn't so heavy, so right? Because
0: like it's mentally heavy. Ah, oh, that's that's definitely a possibility. I can dig that. And also, it's, it's been his oppressor his entire life. So the idea, I could imagine it being psychologically damaging. So that makes sense. So then he sees himself in the mirror, right?
1: This is where he breaks free. And then he...
0: I've got to break
1: free. <laughs> he sings Queen. Dude, that would Absolutely. be so
0: great. <laughs> Did that kid win the Academy Award? I feel like he did. I thought so. I don't know.
1: I didn't watch. I never watch them. I don't. Nothing really appeals to me. That doesn't make sense. That's just me. Yeah. If they have like a Fangoria award of some sort, I would definitely watch that. Like, do they have something like horror film kind of?
0: they have some stuff but it's nothing that's like recognized industry-wide i was gonna say
1: i feel like we talked about before i think it's called like the saturn awards that's a very that's
0: like more your special effects and stuff
1: right so that's pretty cool but yeah so he sees himself in the mirror breaks said mirror and uh whatever the fucking family is doing freaking out over uh you know reanimator being a fucked up parent and not paying attention to his daughter, yep. which shocker. Yeah. So they hear the the mirror break. He comes running out, and he's like, "Oh well, it's just like the wood warping, right? Because that makes sense."
0: Totally, it happens all the time. He's a That's professor,
1: what... right? Yeah, he is.
0: <laughs> they don't say what he is a professor of though. They just say that he's politically correct and he gets fired. So I oh, imagine... so
1: he's un, but he was unpolitically correct, yeah. right? That's what it was. Because she's
0: like, but did oh, I say he, he was too politically you, correct? You said he was politically could you, correct. Could you imagine you being you're too PC? PC? <laughs> bro you need to say faggot at some point he's like no
2: i won't do it you can't make me
0: (laughs) oh that's probably the only hard f-bomb that you're gonna hear me drop on this show and i was playing a character it wasn't me okay so then we have oh can we talk uh, about how i really wish that there was the aha take on me moment oh that is really cool could you imagine
1: he just like jumps through it and (laughs) and then it would totally make sense if labyrinth has a mirror in her bedroom and oh. then he just like appears out of nowhere because that would totally make sense. Because all of the sudden, movie,
0: when he's like behind her, we'll be here if you need us. Right, and, and it's
1: funny because he's clearly dragging a chain, or unless he's carrying it with him, like on his shoulder, like he's I don't know, just like fucking walking around, like a you know? Soldier? <laughs> yeah, and then like you know, he does. Nobody hears chains slinking around, so you have Labyrinth sleeping all peacefully, and then you have fucking Giorgio, Mister Sloth, being super creepy, right? Oh yeah. Soup. This is probably the cringiest part of the movie, in my opinion.
0: Oh, for sure. It's very weird. She can feel him, and he like almost pets her face, and he moans. So first he pulls... He pulls down the covers, the, right? He pulls the blanket down, and then he pulls the sheet down, and that's when he like almost touches her with like the thumbless stubbed hand. And then she's like, who's there? And he's like, bah! and he steals her sheet and runs off.
1: Right. So that's how he gets a sheet that wraps him, that he wraps himself up with. Right? Exactly. Okay. So I, I feel like he's like some kind of like
0: crazy superhero. <laughs> oh, God. I would, I would read that comment up until he starts attacking prostitutes. Well, I mean, technically, they are breaking the law.
1: Brian. yeah absolutely so uh you know she wakes up right she hears you know him making weird fucking sounds <laughs> yeah a little hand a little ector-esque and then you know she screams right and then he's like oh shit well i gotta bounce so he leaves immediately like not even a minute later the parents are there yeah. and they're like oh everything's cool right what the fuck you're imagining shit because clearly there wasn't sloth running around with his chain i don't i don't know he's apparently fucking
0: amazing at hiding yeah a the sound of the chain b he's fucking oozing everywhere c he's clearly a secretor and he's moaning he, yeah. he's
1: just like fucking constantly grunting and making his guttural sounds
0: and then d where does her sheet go and so they finally kind of start to believe her and they call the cops and they're like, you need to search this mansion. And they're like, nope, there's 150 rooms in this and I'm not doing it. And I was like, wow, that, that kind of gives... I wish that the perspective that they shoot the castle with gave you that kind of depth perspective to right. realize I have three bedrooms in my house and i feel like i'm doing well yeah i can yeah. only imagine what 150 bedrooms
1: right because like. that's what they said right they yeah. said because the, the cops are like yeah fuck that we're not gonna look through 150 bedrooms and, and you know what's funny is when he said that i don't feel like there was ever a time where they showed the palace or mansion or whatever you want to call castle. it castle i should have just called it a castle. yeah the castle and i never saw it as being some grand thing yeah. right they just show a bunch of like hallways exactly. and walls and and stairs so i don't know it is what it is it shows reanimator basically go into a certain room i think he goes back to the room right where there has there's a bunch of furniture with like sheets on them yeah right and that's when he like definitely like acts like he's like a chair or something totally scooby-doo right
0: (laughs) as he like whips up and runs as soon as he walks by it totally
1: reminds me i don't know if you played metal gear solid but you know when you like get the cardboard box and
0: you're just like (laughs) nothing to see here just a box walking around yeah, exactly. So uh, what happens next? So he escapes John, even though he's got the chains. He's got, and also, even though he's like, oozing and everything, he doesn't bleed through the sheet conveniently. But whatever, he I does, like the visual. He does gag. later, though. He right? does a lot later. Yeah. Okay,
1: but that that then again, that's I don't think that's his blood. I feel
0: like that's. Um, I feel like there's both. Okay, you yeah. know, he's got the, like the wound on his cheek. true, thing true, like, true, true. Maybe it's just the blood of people who he's biting. But whatever, it doesn't matter. John goes down to the cell. Uh, he finds the plate. He doesn't see the cat, dead cat, even though it's like right there. It's like right there.
1: there. They show the dead cat, and then they show him, and he just walks right by it, right? Because why else would you show the dead cat if not for the fact that you think he's going
0: to see it? Yeah, I thought for sure he's going to be like, oh, this is a dead cat. We need to call the cops again. But that's not the case. So then he enters the mausoleum where they have all the dead people, and he finds Giorgio's grave. And it's interesting because the picture on the grave he mistakes for his son jj and he's like insistent that it's jj so when he goes back you know well, first he starts to cry then he goes to back to the courtyard i i guess i had misspoke because this is where they have the whole 150 rooms right top. right right but then once the cops bail and they're like peace he takes susan down to the mausoleum he's like look you're gonna see a picture and it's gonna blow your mind and she's like it, a picture what happens to the picture brian
1: oh dude just blows your mind
0: <sighs> it's gone <laughs> what however would I have predicted that was going to happen? But
1: you know what's funny is they don't really show anything else that ha- with the picture, right? Yep. It's just like, okay, it's
0: gone. And yeah, that's I it. Yeah, I thought for sure that the climax was going to be him and John. And they're standing and staring each other down. He like pulls up the picture. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. And he's like oh, it's right, my brother. Right. There's got
1: to be some relevance there, right? And all of a sudden the picture is gone. And she's like, okay, you've gone batshit crazy. I I understand, you know, you miss your son. He's not coming back. You killed him.
0: Yeah. And so at this point, he tries to like smooch on Susan. In the mausoleum. Totally a weird spot, right? Oh, yeah. It doesn't
1: make any sense. I don't know. I guess he's just, like, mistaking her being close to him and sharing a moment with, like, hey, let's do it at, in the mausoleum.
0: And what's weird, too, is it's, like, if she's not going to have, like, consensual, simple, missionary sex, she certainly <laughs> doesn't want to be raw-dogged in a mausoleum. <laughs> that is not happening. That's the
1: name of another band. Raw- raw-dogged Dogged in a mausoleum. mausoleum. <laughs> <laughs> <J-j-j-j>. <laughs> I like it. So then this is where, you know, he gets super pissed off, right? Is this where he goes to the bar? Yeah.
0: He's like, fuck you, I'm leaving.
1: He's like, I'm going uh, to get my my drink on. I'm going to get my swerve on. Nope, <laughs> wrong thing to say because he totally killed his kid. <laughs> so, in oh, sorry.
0: No. <laughs> so he goes to the bar and the bartender's like filling up a shot glass and he's, he's like, like gesturing He's like, tire. double
1: it up, bitch, double it up. And then, you know, he just pounds that shit, you know, shakes his head like, yeah, this isn't Coke, I'm not acting, this yeah. is actually whiskey. So then, you know, he's like, give me some more, bitch. And then he finally kind of finishes off the bottle and this is when we meet...
0: La prostitute.
1: Uh, do we have a name? I don't feel like we have a name, but I feel like she has fun hair. She has the the short, dark hair? She has, like, young Michael Jackson hair. Okay. Was not <laughs> expecting that comparison. No, with his fro? I don't know. It it's, just...
0: It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. She kind of has tattoo hair from Fantasy Island.
1: <laughs> I wasn't expecting
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Touché, <laughs> I'll have you know. Yeah, I don't... You can call her whatever you want. You know,
1: it's funny. I I wish there was translation right and yeah. what she says to him and you know he's just like yeah i'm the shit what of it she's like talking to him and saying different things and she's like clearly trying to tell him something and he, he's just like yeah whatever bitch i do what i want you know
0: well i kind of like that it's disorienting and it shows like how brazen he is and how selfish he is because he just expects everybody's gonna like he doesn't try and have a an audio tape to try and learn italian he's just like Fuck you, English. <laughs> right. That's true. And you know,
1: what's funny is um, I don't think about it until now. Where the police captain. I yeah. say comes up to him and says, "Hey, bud, I think you've had enough. You know, it's time for you to close up shop." He's gonna close up shop, and then he looks around like, "Bitch, this shit's not shutting down." Oh, you want me to leave? And it's funny now that I think about it because the guy sees her, and then that implicates that you know he's like being protective over,
0: right? Yeah. At first, I thought they were supposed to be siblings. I don't realize until later they got the hanky panky spanky on, and they have a kid together. But, that's like a whole thing.
1: But yeah, I mean, and that also just kind of plays into the same thing that we're dealing with as far as you don't really know what's going on because the story and the dialogue isn't really the selling point here. Yeah. But you know what? Whatever works. Take it to the vibe
0: so we go from there oh that's also just in case you're keeping score the worst drunk acting i've probably ever seen so he gets kicked out of the bar and he takes her back to the wine cellar oh, in this the is castle. This,
1: this is where he says something along the lines of oh well i know a place where we can have some drinks yep. and we won't get kicked out Yeah, and right? it never
0: closes or whatever yeah, yeah
1: so a total fucking douche move so he, he's like yeah i'm gonna totally pull some shit on this chick let me take you down into a creepy dungeon yeah. with like a bunch of wine and it's like i I guess that works i don't know there's Dude, like if fucking cobwebs. i'm gonna
0: build a fucking
1: basement <laughs> under this house there's like cobwebs everywhere and there's like i'm sure there's fucking rats squeaking around and
0: shit and you're, it's just like yep this is gonna get this lady's fucking rocks going right yeah and we'll keep moving he gets the wine he pours wine on her she shouts at him he hushes her she licks the bottle seductively they kiss giorgio approaches he hides she grabs john's crotch Giorgio watches, then there's titties, (laughs) then there's Bush, he goes down on the bush, she plays with her own boobs, they start having sex... He cries. He acts sober suddenly. She asks for money. He pays her too much, and she complains. He insists, grabs a bottle, slides against the wall, and she and starts then, walking and through she, the
1: castle. He, so he, it's like implied that he just like passes out. Yeah. he's like, "Well, I've had too much whiskey, and I probably have whiskey dick, so I'm just gonna fall asleep and, and cry
0: myself to sleep." Yeah, and then so he, you know, I think that he finishes. Oh yeah, you know what? I think he does. I think he does because there's like a sound. Right, right. And then Giorgio like. He checks on him make sure he's okay takes his takes, bottle away. takes the bottle
1: and there's so many things that could kind of be implied with what's going to happen with said bottle yeah. right it's kind of creepy and you're like oh god i'm not sure i really want to know what's going to happen with this bottle
0: Nope, i am not okay <laughs> with it so he follows the prostitute and she hears the sound of the rocking horse and it's, it appears to be moving on its own and then he uses the like, giorgio so he uses the sheet
1: yeah That pulls
0: it over her head and pulls her
1: back. That apparently knocks her out. Super cool, right? Uh, I don't know. It was definitely something that didn't make sense as far as kills, I guess, are concerned when it comes to this movie in particular. There's one other time where I feel like, I mean, I'm jumping a little ahead, but with the cop getting brought up into the fucking yeah. chimney kind of seems aliens. a little yeah. eh, whatever but yeah this is definitely the cheesiest as far as uh let me just take this sheet and just wrap it over your head well she's
0: not dead technically she's just incapacitated true right? so she true. drops that's her true. purse which plays in later on that's true so Absolutely. we cut to the cup. what happens with the cup? i did a german accent because uh, all italians are implicitly nazis so is this <laughs> no <laughs> reaction. I think I <laughs> to, to edit that out. Uh,
1: so this is where the cop uh, approaches
0: reanimator. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna check your house." And he's like, "Fuck oh, you! You didn't check my that- house." He's like, "But I'm gonna check your house."
1: <laughs> so this is where he. He, you know, knocks on the door, uh, reanimator opens with fucking Susan right there, right? And the yep. cop says, hey, maybe I could talk to you in private. And, he's and like, whatever you can and, say to and, me, you can say to my wife. No, I think she says that. I want to say she's the one that's like, well, I'm not going anywhere. She says something fucking Susan would say. Yeah, and
0: fucking Susan. Fucking Susan.
1: And, you know, he just says, well, la prostituta followed you back to your house. And that was the last time anybody saw her and she hasn't come home. And that's when fucking Susan's just like, the fuck?
0: You did, motherfucker. <laughs> right? And she's like, You brought a woman home, and he says, I was lonely, and she says, You were drunk, and slaps him. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Don't overact. So
1: clunky. <laughs> I hated it. Right so that's is this when we go back to said prostituta? La
0: prostituta
1: it goes to the prostitute and she is not doing too well right uh. she's like hanging out with uh mr sloth and i feel like he wants to get going and doing some things because he saw his brother doing some things uh-huh. and we want to keep it all in the family i don't know man they want to be eskimo brothers
0: oh god <laughs> so he He swings her into a wall at one point, and there's the worst punch sound effect I've ever heard. Oh, that's right. It's so distracting. (laughs) And then, so as she's on the ground, she tries to, she realizes that she needs to try and do something to seduce him to save herself. So she lifts the sheet. You see that his nipple has been cut off. And then you get to the the no dick. There's only balls, and there's a big tuft of hair. She recoils. He tries to kiss her, but then that's where I think I realized that I don't think that he has a tongue. She reaches for the bottle, breaks it, cuts him. He pulls her down, chokes her, and then what's he do to her nipple, Brian? Oh,
1: God, dude. I did not see that happening at all. He just, like, he bit it off like it was a fucking pepperoni on a piece of pizza.
0: Like mall rats? It was
1: fucking ridiculous. Like mall rats, exactly. It was so brutal. And I'm sitting here watching this at lunch break, like, hunched over like oh god please have nobody watching this over my shoulder oh
0: dude when i was trying to hashtag stuff with dirty pillows when i did the carry episode uh i did it and i was in court and i you know clicked the hashtag and then there was just all these big moosey tits and i was like oh god please have some decorum so it cuts to susan rebecca and mom says that she's leaving because she's like your dad's swinging his dick around again i can't, I can't be i can't sanction this buffoonery and then john's having a meeting with renaldo his lawyer oh that's right that's so, a fun scene yeah
1: so then you know Ronaldo's basically saying uh, so renaldo is family familia with the maid Correct. right that's yeah. his mom I, I think it's sister. Sister. Yeah. Okay. So then he talks about like, oh, hey, you know, there's there's a way we can get out of this. There's not really any evidence. Yada, yada. And then all of a sudden his sister's just like,
0: hold the phone, motherfucker. If he, if this tells you like how dated this movie is you know, it's pre-cell phone so she just happens to call the restaurant he's right like, exactly to get to him the first yeah because that
1: totally makes sense yeah, so I mean, you know she calls and says hey you know her purse is here so i feel like there's some shit going on and i feel like this is all in um italian right as yeah. far as them having the little dialogue you basically get the picture that he's just like all right hold tight i'm gonna shit's about to change so then he he talks to Reanimator and he says, Okay, well, things have changed. You are now definitely gonna be charged because they found the purse, this or that. Well he's like,
0: the purse but, was found, but if you give me some money, right, you'll make sure that yeah. purse isn't so found. he's
1: like, Well I mean my fees have just gone up, right? I feel like he's just like, All right, so we're gonna play a little game here. Yeah. It's called How much do you wanna be free? Because <laughs> you know, we have some evidence against you, yada, yada, and we can make it all go away.
0: blackmail, you bastard. And it's funny because
1: I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, does Jake do this kind of thing? All the time.
0: (laughs) I find purses everywhere. (laughs) And I just blackmail the fuck out of everyone. I like it. Yeah, so then this is where Ronaldo gets like his cheekiness and he's like, oh, yeah? Well, Chupapa, he does this and never got divorced from the Duchess. And then your her sister, who's your mom. Oh, that's right, because he calls him a bastard. Yep. And And then he's he's like, like, "You're the bastard." He's like,
1: "Guess who's the bastard now, bastard?"
0: I don't know why we went so south of the border there, but yeah, (laughs) both of our accents need a little bit of work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know what's funny? That that totally reminded me. This is going way back. But when uh, the cops first went to the castle and he talks about the, the mirror breaking and he had the, the captain has his little quip where he's like, maybe you just didn't like what you saw in the mirror. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> and he's like, like, Why
0: would I break my own mirror? Because he looks at uh, John's wounded hand from the bottle and implies that it was him who did it. And I thought that was, that was a nice kind of sick burn. Yeah, it was a little dig at him. Like, so you fugly. That's what <laughs> he says. So then it cuts, the housekeeper gets off the phone and she hears a woman screaming, so she goes down to, Giorgio Sloth McDickless. i dee 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 Goes
1: oh, down there, dude. opens a the door. This is so cringy oh. It's so gross. And you know what? This part right here, I feel like just made it so over the top for me, right? Because not only is he doing the deed, but he is like munching down to the point where there's blood yeah. and... All kinds and of she's gross. alive. All kinds of grossness. Oh, yeah. And she's alive.
0: So yeah. he gets up from his uh, tasty treat and, should I say fancy feast? Ooh, tie him you back to the it. Cat. Oh, you did You did it. <laughs> it's, that's naughty. And so he hides and then the housekeeper comes in and he just do, 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 do. Crack that whip. He, he whips her good with I don't the chain. Think,
1: yeah, I was to say, it's not the whip, it's right? The chain, it's yeah. the chain. But and, it's the
0: whipping motion.
1: But yes, yeah, so it's the chain that he is dragging like super heavy, like once upon a time, yeah. thinking it's like impeding him from moving very fast. And all of a sudden he's just like, this ain't shit. And he just whips the shit out of her.
0: To death. Yeah. And then later, well, we'll get to it later on. But then when they find her, there's just a head and no body. It's not a good way to go. No, not, not good at all. That's super, super nar dog. So it cuts to the cops and John says to Susan, like, hey, it's going to look like I'm super guilty if you leave, chick. And she's like, well, fuck you. I'm leaving. And he's like,
1: oh, he says something along. Doesn't he say something along the lines of like, well, I'm just like, no, no." she said, don't hold me accountable for you making yourself being a whipping boy. Yep. And, and he's like, oh, and then, "Eureka!"
0: That's when the light bulb literally just goes off. This in is head. totally the Walk the Line moment where Reese Witherspoon's like, "It's like a Ring of Fire," and then she like looks at her steering wheel and she's like, "I got it." <laughs> right? I've never seen that movie. Dude, okay, have you seen Walk Hard? Yes. John C. Riley does it in that oh, movie. Oh, really? Makes fun of her when he's like, "He," I don't remember which of his many great songs, but he says something and yeah, it's it's totally dope. But so he thinks he figures it out. And he just starts running away, and then the cops find Susan and Rebecca, and they're like, "Hey, you're not going fucking anywhere!" And she's like, "No, I'm pretty sure I'm going back to America." And the guys like, "I'm pretty sure you're not." Come yeah, with us. right.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure we can keep you here if we want to because crooked cops. So
0: I can keep you here if I want to. I can leave your <laughs>
1: So then they go to the house, right? They I say house. They go back to the castle. The castle. They go back to the castle and, uh, you know, they're immediately looking around saying, all right, well, all of a sudden now we're really suspicious of the house. We didn't want to look a couple days ago because there's 150 rooms.
0: Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Can we really call it a castle in good conscience if there's not a singing candelabra? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, when a I did the French accent, I was like... A singing out, candelabra
1: yes. <laughs> and uh, the little dog uh, fucking uh, foot Alderman. rest. Yeah. <laughs> and the mean clock man hell yeah have you
0: seen okay this this, i'm bringing it back to horror have you seen the terrible comic that adam tots did where it's you know all of them coming back to life and so the mom teapot who's angela lansbury is like oh chip and it cuts to this little boy who has like a fracture in his skull (laughs) and his brain is showing it's so awesome it's so gross that's
1: so good so they're in the house, and they're, like, super keen on trying to find reanimator, And that's when they start hearing the shovel hitting, like, fucking cement, right? Or something, right? Yeah. Something in the mausoleum, basically. So they're like, oh, what the fuck? Let's go find out what, what, what that is. And uh, that's where they find the maid's fucking head just hanging out. And La Prostituta just totally just devoured on,
0: right? Yeah, and yeah exactly. They find that, and... Wait, yeah. Yeah, I think they've... No, I think that's no, later. No, is that, is that after the It's fact? after this part. Here's why. Because he empties out the coffin and pours out the rocks. And he's like, it's just rocks. And they're like... Oh,
1: and then they take him away. But then on the way back, they find... Then they that's find. When, that's when they find that. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense.
0: And that's where you find out that the attorney ronaldo ends up attacking john because he thinks that you know john's the one who killed his sister which i mean to be fair in in terms of like having a fake reason to attack and hurt someone i think this is a a pretty good one because in that scene earlier you've established that he has a great motive to kill the sister because then the purse is gone and then he gets away with murder right
1: so then you know she's like well this is fucking weird uh what do you want me to do and he's like well i'm just gonna have you hang out here but i'll have two guards Hanging out next to you, and one suspiciously looks like fucking Mario from Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. Super right? tired, yeah. <laughs> so then she's I like, think, "Water, bitches, get me some water. Right, and then they're like, "What?" And then she's like, "Agua." And they're like, oh, I got it, right? I'm pretty sure yeah. she says agua. I mean, I'm sure that translates over. He's like, oh, yeah, I totally understand that. So, you know, he sends the skinny fucking fit one to go get water while he's like, well, I'm just going to, like, hang out and fucking nap.
0: Yeah, does right? siesta translate to Italian?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he goes into the kitchen and hears, like, some, like, scuffling around in, uh, like, the fireplace? The chute, yeah. The of, shoot of so the stove.
0: The- the soot and kind of thing. right
1: of right so how does that work so he just kind of is like scrunched up it like the a yeah and how so, does he stay up there i have so many questions i think like, that it
0: like goes to a right angle and he's like laying oh okay
1: i don't know i'm and thinking then, a little bit too much into it yeah. but uh, and then
0: he pulls a, uh, one of the creatures from half-life and pulls the guy up to the ceiling. With his, with the chain, yeah. right? And it's funny because
1: I feel like at one point, the guy almost the chain off and then brings it back. Like, yes. he's like, right? Did you notice that Yes, as well? I did. Okay.
0: <laughs> he's like, oh, stop, but keep going.
1: <laughs> like, this isn't going to work unless this chain is clearly wrapped around my neck. Let me help you out here. Yeah. So, you know.
0: He gets the assist on his own murder. Is and exactly then
1: what that I'm pretty sure it just shows, like, blood f- falling to the ground of some sort, right? Yeah, just a little split. Right. So, you know, clearly Papa Giorgio uh, has turned into some cannibalistic fucking crazy person who is, you know, hell-bent on not eating sausage or bread anymore, right? Yeah. He's like, nope, my diet's
0: evolved, bitches. <laughs> New food groups all around. So the it cuts to the police station and the cop is interrogating John. And they go back and forth, and he's like, "You killed her." And he's like, "I fucked her." I was like, That's a pretty fun little line. It was it's like that master class in like one-upsmanship. He's like, "No, I didn't kill her, but I stabbed her with something."
1: Right, and I imagine him totally like taking his hands and putting them on his hips as he says it,
0: uh, and then like it's a freeze frame at the end of the sitcom, and but, then
1: uh, the cop just totally like fucking unloads on him, right? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. And, oh, actually, no, wait. it's not at that part that I think he hits him in the face. He threatens him with the billy club at that point. Then we cut to the cop with sleep apnea who's sleeping outside of the door. <laughs> and she,
1: she uh, fucking Susan, comes outside, right? Yeah, she comes and it, out, she's, like, tapping her wrist, like, hey, fuckface,
0: <laughs> where's my water?
1: And it's funny because I keep going back to it. I think fucking Susan fits perfectly with her nickname i mean fucking susan Susan. of course she's just like yeah i wanted water yesterday so get up off your fat ass and get me some water
0: (laughs) so he's like oh excuse me (laughs) excuse me he goes to get her water and he finds this heap of bloody sheets on the floor and he's like oh that's neat then the sheets come to life like a little wooden boy and attack him
1: yeah. So what happens there? I, I kind of I feel like I kind of got interrupted. It might have been me
0: watching during work when I shouldn't have been. <laughs> oh, I think it, he's just playing possum and then he kills the cop. How
1: does he kill him, though?
0: Uh, he bites out his eye.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. I do remember that. So that's that was actually really cool. I'm surprised I completely forgot about that. He goes for the eyeball like immediately. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's me thinking about it too much, but I feel like if I were to be a cannibal and I were to go straight for somebody's eyeball, it would be hard to take it out in one bite.
0: Because sure, it's so a skull around it's there.
1: so flush with the face, yeah. right? You so
0: pluck it out. Then
1: she it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It would it would be like the nose first. Yeah, I would go squishing. with the nose.
0: Nah, I don't know. It's called cartilage in there. Though. Yeah, but it's just it's 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 the front of the face, and it's and it's. I think I would go out. with the ear, which I know I just contradicted myself because it's all cartilage too. But <laughs> I grew up really liking Reservoir Dogs and Mr. Blonde. So oh, there, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. So. Bounce to the left of me dickless to the right here i
1: am stuck in the middle (laughs) i like it i like it so that's when susan comes and sees the dead cops right
0: well before that sorry rebecca's like you love jj more than me because him dying ruined your marriage but me being blind didn't and i was like that's very weird it's very dark yeah and then susan goes and you see the bloody hand on the door because they pray together for john so susan is bent down and then Oh, that's right. That's right. Labyrinth can't even see, so he's there. And then she goes to check on the water. And as she does that, Rebecca's like normalizing herself. And she's like, oh, yeah, being normal sucks. I don't want to be normal. She's like, I I don't want to go
1: to prom or anything like that. Fuck that shit, right?
0: Yeah, it's like, you're not going to prom. You're going to therapy after this movie. (laughs) So Susan goes to get the water. Uh, She turns around, looking back towards where Rebecca was. And then when she does that, uh, Giorgio grabs her and slams her head into the wall with just the most comedic sound effect I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anytime anybody's head gets slammed against a wall, either as a prostitute or fucking Susan, uh, it's going to be that whoosh. <laughs> and so then
0: Rebecca is sitting there still talking to herself. And she's like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to find the perfect boy and he's not going to care that I'm blind. And Giorgio's like, I don't care that you're blind. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you and you my niece. That's so gross. That's so, so gross. Yeah. And
1: then it goes into like the super creepy scene, right? Where he, he's like taking off her shirt. No, she doesn't have a shirt on, right? Well, she's because taking she thinks, her own shirt off. Yeah, yeah. She's, she thinks she's still with her mom, right? Yeah. And or then there's her a mom-
0: scene that if you look at some of the movie poster art, it is of her with an open blouse and her bra showing holding a cane and there's a hand coming from behind her and I'm like that's still an underage girl that's fuckhead. so creepy don't that like is it. so
1: creepy so you know she has her, her she's in her bra and she's totally getting undressed because she thinks that her mom's there and Giorgio's like ah 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 motherfucker yeah. and he, he grabs her right and slings her over her shoulder like, like fucking Tarzan, soldier. like fucking Tarzan or yeah. something you know and yeah. he's just like I'm gonna <laughs> take you back I'm gonna take you back to my fuck cave You yeah. gross
0: <laughs> so It cuts from there. So this is actually I misspoke earlier. So we're gonna get into Jake's correction corner in a second. But it cuts back to the police station. The cop. This is where there's the I didn't kill her. I fucked Ah, her. Ah, see, I
1: told you. So he says I fucked her with his hands on his hips. All
0: fucking. Mister man, I do the fucking around here with this snubby little white cock. And that's when
1: the cop's like, Oh yeah, we'll hear it. Take this Billy club upside the head.
0: (laughs) And then the cop like leaves him alone.
1: No, like his his. I yeah. want to say is like cohorts like kind of take him and exactly. like, like rush him off like okay we can't have you kill this guy. But then
0: they just leave my point is that they just leave him yeah, completely they leave alone him. and he,
1: the billy clubs on the ground.
0: Yeah. So first he's going to go out one window and he's like oh fuck that I'm not climbing out a window. So he takes the club he hits the cop when he comes back. And then he just jumps out of another window that's on the same floor. And I was like, uh, that.
1: Dude, As funny is. Uh, Ted Bundy he over here. He didn't just like one hand smack a guy in the head. He like fucking full on like Louisville Slugger to the dome. Yeah. So then it does.
0: It cuts back to uh, Giorgio, right? And here, he, this is my Jake's Correction Corner, not the other part. He tries to show her the picture and be like, I'm a <laughs> And she's, uh, she's like blind as shit. So she has no idea what he's saying.
1: And it's so funny because this is the most we hear of fucking, uh, sloth, like try and voice any kind of words like at all. And yeah. he is, uh, 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 and then he like, I honestly
0: expected like the miracle worker, like water, Helen, water, where he's like <laughs> scrolling in her hand. Uh but that was weird because if he's trying to show her that he was this little boy i don't know what point that is because then he tries to rape her
1: yeah it doesn't make any sense again it, why the photo has any kind of relevance that's why is, i completely
0: forgot about it until i was on my notes. it's kind like, of oh.
1: beyond me uh you know and then he kind of waves his hand his little stumpy fucking hand in front of her and notices oh shit she can't really see yeah so then he's like
0: Fuck yeah! I'm gonna pull some moves out, right? Seriously, I'm gonna take my snubby little amputated <laughs> dick and get to work. Did you notice that there was like music box music playing during this scene? Yeah, it's no good. Gross. Uh, statutory. Watch, well, not even the statutory. <laughs> it's just overt, <laughs> heavy-handed. So Susan comes in and she says, "Take me," and I was like, "Okay." And then I realized <laughs> that she was talking to
1: Giorgio. And uh, yeah, she has a, she has a knife behind the back, playing the old possum.
0: Oh yeah, and so he goes to kiss her in the titte, and she like
1: stabs him in the spine,
0: yeah. or something. Like a woman, am I right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got <laughs> stabbed him stabbed in the back.
0: Take it, Y chromosome pride. High five. Yeah, we actually high five. Fuck y'all. Yeah, yeah. So then she runs to the courtyard. Oh, is that... she gets Rebecca? They're running through the courtyard. Oh, I'm skipping ahead again.
1: They run through the house and they kind of zigzag back and forth to the point where you're like, I feel like it's like Scooby-Doo where like they're running (laughs) in between halls and like he's chasing through one door and then they come out the other and then they're chasing him through another door. Right
0: and that's so I, I confuse myself because just like you're saying the area placing of it the scenes or the settings they don't really make sense cuz they're running he shatters out of a window and jumps down into the courtyard and he does like superhero pose like Deadpool and then and they like, turn around
1: oh. and they run back into the castle exactly. right and then that's when I feel like we were talking about earlier uh it shows them clearly running downstairs yeah. and then the next scene shows them going up the tower and you're like
0: oh that's wait. not how it
1: works
0: <laughs> I might not be an architect, but I can tell you that. Um, and so then they end up in the duchess's room, and they're in the schiffer robe from earlier. Two times in one episode. Fuck y'all. That's right. That's right. With to kill a mockingbird vocabulary. So he finds his mom's whip, and she, she, he's like, hey, y'all. Look what I can do now. And he's just swinging it, laughing a gay old time. And he starts whipping at the wardrobe. And you're not sure if it's real or, or if he knows that they're in there or not.
1: Uh, yeah. So were they in there the entire time? Or were they somewhere far? It doesn't really show where they are in relation to him whipping. So, like, I don't really get the feeling of, like, oh, God, the whip's getting really close to them. Yeah. And it's going to hit them. All, I, all you can really tell is that he's making a really, like, big ruckus and he's destroying things, and they're just kind of watching, and she kind of whimpers over and over again, and fucking Susan just has her
0: hand over her, her face, like, keep quiet, bitch. Yeah, so he coughs, and then he just leaves. And that was kind of weird, and so while Susan and Labyrinth are trying to escape, <laughs> poor girl, Labyrinth ends up knocking <laughs> over her face. Oh, was <laughs> so funny, I laughed. It makes it funnier because, the, again, the sound effect is so fucking silly, where it's like, this imagine if you're watching hey arnold and a flower pot falls over it's that right right you know
1: you know what's funny though is i i like it because it makes you have a constant reminder that she is blind oh yeah right and it's like it's so subtle but at the same time you're like oh yeah duh she's gonna run into the things because she can't fucking see her mom fucking susan's running around like crazy trying to get away and she can't have You know, uh, labyrinth. You know, she can't hold Labyrinth's hand the entire time, so she's running, trying to make a way for him to get out, and she's just like, "Blink! I'm gonna knock
0: this fucking base over." And I I don't think that I I think that it fits the way that they used her for sure. And I I think that if she did a poorer job acting, I would really resent her work in this movie. I think that the involvement, you know. But she does a very fair job of acting because I, mean, I used to have clients who were blind, and it's it, some of the things that she does, some of the more subtle gestures and things. I thought that it was very effective, and she did a good job.
1: That's pretty cool. So, so it, as soon
0: as it breaks, old Dickless comes running. and He's like, "I found you!" It's <laughs> that's like right. It's the so, worst game of hide and
1: seek. And ever. that's when they start making their way up the tower, right, yep. to go up to the to the roof. Now, I, I want to point out, I don't think we talked about this before, where fucking Susan makes uh, Reanimator feel so bad that he wants to kill himself. Yep. did we jumps say off. did we say that? Or no, I don't we didn't. think we You're brought complete. that up. Yeah. And that's something that's kinda relevant because they go back to the place where he ends up
0: yeah.
1: jumping. So you know so, someone's dying. Right, yeah. exactly. So, you know, <clears throat> just kinda going back to that point though, uh kind of a fucked up thing for fucking Susan to do. I mean, uh, you know, I talked about this beforehand, uh, and I think I want to bring it up. I feel like it puts uh, Reanimator into uh, a spot where he's between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Like he, he fucked up. He got drunk. He killed his son. There's no way you can get back from doing that unless it's like fucking Creed and he's gonna bring back his son via fucking Pet cemetery. Yep. But uh, that's not gonna happen. Different story, different timeline. Different author. Different author. She makes him feel so bad that she's just like, yeah, it should have been you, basically. And uh, you know, he's to the point where he's gonna commit suicide. And I feel like she
0: probably would have been pretty happy about it. I think she would have been happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. He should have just reanimated his son, but that's not, not here. <laughs> but yeah, to your point it's a frustrating scenario because well you and i were talking before the show started about culturally now it's okay to be divorced i mean statistically more marriages in a divorce than not and at that point i think even it shows you what a cultural shift we've had since the 90s it seems that she's clearly trying to you know quote-unquote stay together for the kids and she you know he's like why are you even here and it's a frustrating scenario there is no winner and it's it's I think that they do a fair enough job of showing that it's torturous on both sides. Right. It hurts her to even look at him. It hurts him to still love her and be this way. Uh, But it also, I mean, I think that he is flawed so deeply because he doesn't do the productive things to change. And I think that that's something that haunts her as well. Um, So they're up on the roof and they're just, you know, pinned because – you Know just like every horror movie, let's go to the high ground and have no way to escape. <laughs> so, Giorgio Sloth McDickless, and he's approaching them, it's
1: flailing the fucking whip around, right? Or is it the chain
0: that he has the chain, and then and Reanimator then comes Re-animator in with, the, comes with in. the whip, and he's like, crack that whip, <laughs> dude.
1: This is where I feel like he should have called him like brother, right? But he doesn't, yeah, right?
0: And I feel like well, that you was- can't say it like that. You gotta say, brother. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Right. It's something along. Because he lays ol- a
0: smackdown on him. Oh, he really
1: does. <laughs> but I mean, something along the lines of, you know, there's a reason why you, you and me are both here at this yeah point in time. Right. But I think
0: that's the fr- the frustrating part, though, is because you don't know that Giorgio even has any linguistic skills. So I don't think he could even convey it to him.
1: I don't know. I mean, if he said brother and then Giorgio just went, huh? Right. I mean, that's <laughs> that's me basically saying in, in about my best friend <laughs> in guttural terms, brother. Yeah. You know. I don't know. Maybe that's just what goes on in my mind.
0: <laughs> One word, two syllables. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So they they duke it out, right? And they go up on on the kind of
0: like the sloped part of the roof. Yeah, with the tiles, and he's and slamming uh, Giorgio's head sl- onto it. And
1: yeah, and then he just like walks away like nonchalantly, like, well, I guess this is done, yep, right?
0: I win. <laughs> nope, doesn't ever work that way. Never. And so then he gets beat down, and Giorgio's crawling towards the girls, and the reanimator grabs the chain. What does he do, Bry?
1: He throws it on his old wrist because apparently it's super easy to slide that fucking chain on baby wrists. For some reason, uh, you know, Dickless had giant hands where he couldn't get his hand between the fucking shackle. But everybody and their mother, like, for instance, uh, I think at one point. God damn it, what the fuck's the daughter's uh, nickname? Labyrinth. Labyrinth. He puts both of her hands through the fucking one shackle, right? So, you know, Dickless has got the biggest hands in the world. Which
0: is crazy because if you look at the dick, his
1: big (laughs) hands don't show. That's right. I mean, he has to break a fucking finger off just to be able to slide his hand through. But everybody else can fit both and or, you
0: know... Brian, I just realized something. Go on. He wasted that thumb. He could have stuck on and rebuilt his penis. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the six million dollar. He could have asked
1: his brother to reanimate a dick for him <laughs> out of his thumb, dude. Oh man. That
0: glowing green syringe right in his keck. <laughs> full circle. Oh, full God. circle.
1: So he, he throws the chain onto his arm and then he just fucking just like I don't know, what he just like throws bungee jumps up. off the fucking side without a
0: bungee or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no fear, bra. Yeah, it's- I like that it shows them actually falling though. But it's funny because Giorgio looks like he's diving. <laughs> it makes sense because his hand is pulling him down first, but it's still silly.
1: Right, and then you look. Uh, they immediately like it takes two seconds, and they're down right yeah. on the floor like at first i want to say like it's of suz fucking susan looking down from the roof and seeing him laying there but like it literally shows him two seconds later like walking next to their bodies right you're like what the fuck was there an elevator or something seriously
0: <laughs> This be did you just twitch your nose and appear yeah it was a little weird and, and then, so he's like forgive me and she says i'm sorry i love you and then he says i love you
1: and, and then that's it and then that's when it's like roll credits, right? And and it almost, just goes straight to
0: credits, and almost because then there's the pallbearers carrying oh, the casket. Oh, that's she's walking right, that's behind. right. Uh, and then as they're loading his body into the hearse, you see the cop holding the son's hand, and, and looking she at them.
1: she kind of like gives a little nod, and then that's when it's credits. Which
0: I was like, I, I tried to psychoanalyze that ending way too much and gave it way more credit than I think it deserves because it's know. just an ending.
1: The way I it kind of annoyed me with fucking susan and that she forgives him after he literally kills himself
0: yeah i don't know like yeah and the fact that she apologizes because it's like i don't know that you need to apologize it was just a like it was so melodramatic it's exactly what you'd expect in a daytime soap but that's also the point it's like well once your creature and your creature feature is dead you just need to wrap shit up
1: yeah that's totally true
0: but I am glad that they had that little brief moment with the hearse because it was at least something beyond just that cheese at the end. Right. It's and, definitely some closure. Yeah. And it gave me something to think about, like, why the sun? And, you know, if there was some kind of message about, you know, youth and, you know, ripples in time or whatever. But then you get the credits. Ba-ba! So uh, we already did my analysis of The Outsider, which was in the April 1926 copy of Weird Tales um, in it. You know, he the character is not menacing at all there are a couple interesting parts like he doesn't understand the language that people are speaking when he finds them right? Uh, but he understands that they're speaking um, so I kind of wish they would have done something where he tried to communicate a little bit more effectively because that was the only thing I really thought was interesting but other than that the I mean, story is negligible
1: when you, when you think about it though uh, he only has um, interaction with the duchess and who's to say she even spoke to him yeah. So, I mean, it could be implied that there was no words ever really given, and she just beat the shit out of him for no reason, and he never really developed uh, any kind of language. Yeah. I mean, as uh, you can imagine, maybe somebody from the age of five, 40 years later, right? That's 45 years, uh, or, you know, 35 years, I guess you could say, of no talk, just i'm gonna walk in with some fucking sausage and bread and beat the shit out of you i don't know i mean my language would probably be pretty fucked up
0: as well yeah and especially i mean his development stops at age five before he just starts getting whipped so i mean that's a a, there's some form of language but not enough if you spent the last 40 years being beaten to actually understand it so that, that definitely does ring true to me so what would you say would be the slay of the game
1: I think it's got to be, for me, it's got to be the prostituta.
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms of something that made me feel just foul, I mean, because he like, bites her ear off, bites both of her nipples off, bites her downstairs, her hoo-ha, and that's one that lingered. I mean, I, I it, it takes a lot to make me uneasy, and that was one where I was like, this is bad. So, yeah, I think it's definitely, in terms of the most horrific, yeah. And there's not really a whole lot of, like, fun kills. So there's no, not, like, that Other, other than,
1: one. I mean, you can't really call the maid getting fucking slaughtered to death by a chain
0: a yeah. uh, fun kill. So... I guess it's kind of... If if we put him in a Devo hat, then I'm good with it. <laughs> so I'll say that that's, that's the fun kill, and she's the gnarly kill. Because, like, the cop's dying. Eh. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Combs dying. Eh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that's definitely... you agree? It's, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I'd like to move into the fan questions and comments our friend black underscore nebula underscore uh, commented "Uh, we're curious if the remake is still even being made and uh, from all signs that I saw they did a big announcement back in April of 2018 like hey we're definitely making this movie and there's been radio silence since Um, so it's kind of Odd, but uh, Barbara Crampton is rumored to be in the new one. In fact, uh, one of our friends at Cult Movie Lover 87 uh, co- commented that he wants Jeffrey Combs involved too. And so, this is my question. I'm taking an amalgamation of comments that we received, putting something in your brainstem. If you were to put Reanimator and fucking Susan in the remake, what would you cast them as? Because I was thinking about it. Crampton is way too pretty to be the Duchess, she's way too young to be like the maid.
1: I'd put Reanimator as a detective.
0: I think that he could be fun like that, yeah. yeah. Super skeezy and, yeah.
1: I mean, you could have um, fucking Susan as maybe the, the help.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking she, that.
1: She's, she, she's very attractive to be help, right? So it's almost unbelievable.
0: I had thought at one point that she could be the prostitute, but she's getting a little old for it. Uh, she, I mean. Well, she's just, you know, she's too classically pretty, I think, to be that edgy prostitute type. You know what?
1: We can also have we can have fucking Susan be the detective. Who's yeah. To say, who's to say? And he's
0: the help. Right. That's I what I was going to say. Quite a
1: bit. That was it. Who Who's to say the detective has to be male? Right. Exactly. Because I mean, back in '95, when they have these fucking casting, of course they're going to be like, oh yeah, this fucking guy, this monchismo looking dude, he's going to be the detective. But instead, we're going to flip that shit around. We're going to have
0: uh, fucking Susan as a detective. Yeah, reminds me of the opening scene of that show, Glow. Where uh, Allison Bree she like auditions for the man part, even though she knows it's a man part, and they're like, "Sweetheart, just do the secretary's bit." And she's like, oh, "Okay, I got your coffee." <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually. I think that'd be a lot of fun, and having her be like kind of hard boiled. Right, right, right. You could yeah, it'd be silly, but it's almost you could do like a return to Castle Freak, and she's Susan, who's like committed her life to fighting ah, crime, I and she's like, it. like, I like "This it. isn't the first fucking freak I've seen who's trying to get his rocks <laughs> off." <sighs> Um, So going back to our homies at the Horror Squad, they asked, could a film like this be made today with a budget that they had? And at first I shook my head just like you, Brian. I shook my head violently and I frowned the same. But then I was thinking, look at the movies that we're getting and the crowdfunding that we're having and the special effects that we have
1: oh you know what that's true you, you know especially with the way things are going when it comes to creativity with the special effects like you said oh, yeah. being as uh available as they are oh yeah i could definitely see
0: that and i mean they had a huge advantage in this where they already had a castle to film at because it was owned by the director or the yeah, president of uh, full moon films.
1: Yeah. If But here's the thing though, I'm pretty sure you could probably go on Airbnb and rent a fucking
0: castle. Oh, that's actually way better than I was. I was gonna just reference the green screen and stuff, but I think that you're right. I think that there with are-
1: enough people and a crew, everybody puts puts together, you know, 200, 300 bucks, you know, fuck. If you have forty people for a crew, yeah. thirty dollars, you know, forty dollars, that's sixteen grand or sixteen hundred almost two grand. So you can't I mean Let's say, I don't know.
0: I've never looked at a castle. You could always get some exterior shots of another castle and then just film in something that looks like a castle. That's true. And then if you look at that fan film on youtube that i absolutely love and i recommend everybody watch never hike alone it's the friday the 13th one that i think i've showed you there's more story in that and it's only 50 minutes and it was shot on a virtually no budget by people who are just passionate about it i think that's the, the thing that you have to get you have to find somebody who's passionate you have to find people in industry you have to find people who can get something out of it in the long run that's one of the crazy things about our society today is that we have people who are creating amazing awesome beautiful content for free just they can get their name out there so they can try and make money I mean that's your internship for yourself and so I feel like especially if you they tried to do effective like a fan film I, it's funny enough I think the fan film I would have more promise in than the remake that they've announced
1: yeah that that definitely makes sense uh, I agree I feel like uh, it's definitely a niche where people are absolutely loving this film and they would show it like as much you know love and care that they possibly could. Whereas, like, you know, big execs, maybe not necessarily so much, right? And that's, like you said, with fan films, uh, everybody just, like, takes so much time and effort into doing it because it is free, right? It's your little baby that you want to watch grow.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually very astute. I I think it's possible. Do I think it's probable? No. I'll be first and foremost to say I don't think that it's likely that we would see that. But, I, I mean, also... I think we might be a little too literal in saying this kind of movie. We could even say in a movie analogous to this where it's a completely different source material and you can see somebody who's with a budget of nothing makes something great. And I've seen quite a few things like I'm super obsessed with that short We Summoned a Demon. And I think that if they could make that a feature film, and I would watch the whole thing. And <laughs> is and, that
1: the one where they're like all surra- around a table and they're summoning uh, the demon?
0: No, right? this is one where they're in a warehouse and they're trying to summon a demon to be cool, and the demon comes, and they're like, "Yeah, it, I'll send I you think,
1: a link." I think I saw it right, and it, they some of them come show up super late,
0: and then it's only two guys. It's two guys. There's okay. another one that I've shown you. I with think, that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, but I think that's actually Satan or something. Like, there's a slight okay. difference, but yeah. Okay. Yeah so for those of you who are eavesdropping on brian and my conversation (laughs) uh, i'm obsessed with short horror films in fact i kind of want to start doing short horror reviews on this channel as well because i love them so much there's what is it short of the week.com has some great ones there's there's one with the teddy bear and there's one with the satan and there's the demon and i love them. so if you have recommendations on short horror films send them to me because i have the attention span of a Hey, look at that. It's time to end the show. <laughs> so, uh, first, uh, Brian, how do you rank this in the you know pantheon of the slashers we have while you were gone? Sorry to tell you. We dethroned the Stably Cup champion with the classic. It's now Carrie. Slashic is still Blood Diner. And then Tragic is... So
1: you're telling me uh, Werewolf London...
0: Got dethroned. I did. Wow! It's because of the cultural impact of Carrie. That's true. I mean, that's the Everybody thing. Everybody knows Carrie. It's it's so iconic, and I I don't know if maybe being a father had changed my perspective. Right. But like, I right. thought that Sissy Spacek did a tremendous job. And yeah, I really enjoyed watching it another time. I feel like uh, Castle Freak is something that you need to.
1: I don't want to say you need to watch over uh, like more than once. Because there's so many cringy things about it yeah. where I'm
0: like, ah, oh, you know what? But
1: it's very memorable.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, but this is with- a movie that like, I think I would just really... you know, It's kind of like the movie Tusk, which we've had a fan submission to review. And I think we might be doing that. Oh, okay. Where I'm glad I saw it. Right. But I don't need to see it again necessarily unless it's for the show. And since yeah. we already reviewed it, I'm fine. I-,
1: I would definitely categorize it as
0: tragic. Yeah. Right. I think I have to. I mean unless i add like the asterisk of like did i enjoy this film eh, not that much i enjoyed what the film did and the ideas and the budget i'm impressed
1: by like i enjoyed the response yeah based off of said cringiness and that's where you really get all the amazingness from the movie but there's so much
0: you can't meh. rewatch it because then you're like oh well this is the part where he's eating your bush This is the part where that, and you don't get that kind of gross revelry out of it. So I think that's
1: fair. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like at some points of this movie, I really just feel like I need to get up and take a
0: shower. Yeah. So in that point, we're both putting it as a tragic, do we dethrone Chud, or does Chud remain?
1: Chud definitely
0: remains. Okay. Had a feeling that's where you are going to lay on it. Agreed. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that this movie, the shock value alone gets there. Yeah. And also, it doesn't have a crappy sequel like Chud 2, so there you go. <laughs> Brian, is it time to say goodbye to the mutant goons from beyond?
1: Yep, I think it's about that time. So, uh, from Brian over here, if you're not watching him dying, you're not really trying.
0: And, for Brian, from Jake, I would like to tell you, and remind you, rather, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restart my entire catchphrase, this for Brian and Jake, I'm going to remind you to go out there and do something you love. And remember... All work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. I almost fucked up my own catchphrase.